Kelly Spears, and this is The Dirt, where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode 13, Kayla Wazorek. Okie dokie. So this morning, I'm getting to sit down with Kayla Wazorek. I said it right? Wazorek. Wazorek. See, I knew I was going to do that. (laughs) Wazorek. It's okay. Um, (laughs) It's a hard one. (laughs) And she is in Missouri. Uh, They raise cattle and grow hay and they have some horses. And Kayla has a a very interesting role um, in being an agriculture advocate. So we're going to chat with her today about all of that stuff. So Kayla, if you could kind of start us off by maybe just telling us a little bit about yourself, um, that would be great to get things going here. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, So I don't know, I guess a little bit background. Uh, my name is Kayla Zorik, and I recently retired, semi-retired, if you can call it that, from finance um, after being there almost a decade in the end of 2018. So Jason finally convinced me to be a stay-home farm wife, which most farm wives, um, each one of us have a different role. My role is literally partnering with Jason every single day. So I am, I'm out there every single day. We, we do everything together from raising the kids to doing the cows, to making hay. I mean, it's, it's, I am more of a farm hand during the day than right. a farm wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, he started the hay business in high school as an SAE project in 07. And it has just, con- it has just taken off. Um, when we first got together in four- in 13, it was not nearly as big as it is now. Uh, last year, we produced over 40,000 small squares. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's what, hay is our main income. So uh, our hay isn't like what other people do hay for, just kind of as a fun thing. It, it's our business. So with that being said, um, how many acres do you guys farm of hay or grow? Okay, so we farm roughly 500 acres or so. Um, give or take a little bit, we've lost a few acres, but if you, there's a hundred acres of alfalfa. So typically we get anywhere from three to five cuts. So okay. that right there can be anywhere from 300 to 500 acres of alfalfa each summer. Okay. Um, we're getting ready to do our third cut in hopes to get a fourth cut in September. So, gotcha. so when you, it, it's not, it doesn't seem like a lot until you start doing hay. Right. Right. <laughs> and then it's like an ongoing thing from like April, May to September, October. Yeah. Can you maybe explain the process of like ground to um, uh, um, harvest is not the right word, uh, raking and all that kind of stuff and picking up the bales? Sure. So, okay. So we start with mowing. Uh, we use two mowers typically. It just makes things go faster. It means everything dries about the same time versus if you just ran one mower and one mower would be, okay, so you'd start at one side of the field and go through it running two gives it a little bit more of that equal playing field to dry wise. So we run John Deere uh, mower conditioners, which is a little bit different than some guys use because they use like a sickle bar style, whereas ours crimps the hay. So when it's cut, put my cup down, when it cuts, it crimps and it helps to dry that out. It starts the drying process right from the get-go. And so we don't ted. So you hear a lot of people doing an extra step called tedding and it kind of flakes the hay out to evenly dry we skip that. We go, we mow uh, on one day. And to be honest, the better time to mow is mid-afternoon. It makes the hay sweeter. 
um, for our, and we, we sell a lot of to our, our horse barns. We have five stables. We supply four all throughout the year. And then we have all our little clients too. Um, but most of our is hay clients go to the horse people, gotcha. which is why we do small squares. Um, so after the hay lays for a day, sometimes two days, depending on the humidity and how warm it is. If it's a 90 degree day, we have been known to lay it down like on a Monday and be bailing on a Tuesday. If, if the weather, it, weather and humidity play a huge part. Um, and then you rake it. We have a 16 wheel speed rake. It's a high capacity rake. It makes it windrows really fluffy and really big. So if you've seen my YouTube channel, you guys can see uh, like the, the windrows are as big as like as wide as my hood on the tractor when it goes over it. Mm -hmm. And we have an inline baler. It's a small baler and it goes right over the hay. We don't drive on our hay. But okay. if, if you get caught driving on the hay, you might get a little butt chewing from this. <laughs> it's important to drive on the hay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very important. Um, so then we have an inline baler. It's a Massey Ferguson 1840. Uh, this is the second um, baler just like this. We traded ours off last year for a new model. And it is attached to what's called a Cunes accumulator. Um, it is, it looks like a train when you're pulling it because it has the tractor, the baler, and the Cunes accumulator is hooked all together. Um, it's a long train. It's what I drive. It's my favorite part of it. Um, it sets, so the baler plunges away, right? And so instead of most people stack, hand stack their hay, I don't do that. It's attached and it goes up, makes a 90 degree turn, and then goes down the chute and sets it in piles of 15. So Perfect. each grab has 15 small squares, making it easy for Jason to come by with the skid loader and grapple and pick it up and set it on the trailer. So with you, I know you said your customers is mostly horse, but are those usually local people or do you guys ship? Like how? We ship. So a good portion of us, we deliver it ourselves most of the time. Um, so the furthest Jason has um, taken hay is down to Chicago area, Chicago, Illinois. And then we've also went to Cuba, Missouri, which is about an hour and a half away from us, um, maybe two hours roughly. But we, we ship majority of our stuff on, and deliver it ourselves. Uh, we guarantee the hay. So what, if you get a bad bale, we ask that you call us and you can't feed it because right. we want to make sure it really is bad. Right. And we honor that because quality means everything to us. If you don't have good quality, you can't have a good reputation and good clientele. Awesome. I think that's a very important point, actually, just in agriculture in general. Um, you know, we, I've talked about it with so many people that all of the hard work and time and effort that goes into their product. And uh, yeah. it doesn't make any sense for there to be a bad product out there to represent that farmer or um, individual rancher, whatever it may be, um, to kind of downgrade their, their name and reputation. Right. And like Jason has um, built this business from scratch. Like, I mean, like uh, he's a, we're first generation farmers. So everything we do, thankfully, both sides of our parents back us and support us and help us when we need to, because it is just Jason and I now. Um, but we recently swapped over to big squares because we couldn't compete with the round bales in the area. Um, I don't want to say other people sell, buy round bale junk, but that it's roadway hay or hay that, you know, they just didn't have time or out in their fields, that kind of thing. Whereas we spend a lot of time fertilizing. We soil sample. We, I mean, you think about the guys that uh, row crop harvest, they're out there checking fields, 
so are we. You know, Jason's out there weekly. We're looking at stands. We're, we're fertilizing, you know, we're making sure we're doing what we need to do to produce good quality stuff. Right. So there's a lot more that goes into it than just raking some hay up at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> you mentioned that you guys were first generation farmers. Um, I know also you said your husband had uh, started this as an SAE project, which I literally just put up uh, an interview with my cousins where we talked about FFA and 4-H, yeah. so perfect timing on that. Um, but what, what about you? What's your background? Did you have an agriculture background growing up or? Okay. I did. So my grandparents and my dad helped them farm. So my great grandparents, my grandparents, my dad farmed. They grew up doing it all. We'd row cropped and we had cattle and hogs. And Jason had hogs too when he was little um, with his mom and dad uh, at their previous place. But we weren't hand given that. My family sold out when I was still in high school. So it, I really kind of thought all my AK farming dreams were down the drain. Um, and then when I got Jay, when we met Jason and we just kept expanding, it was um, we qualify as first time first um, in Missouri with like our USDA loans and everything that we have because we didn't take something over. We right. started it from scratch. Right. Okay. Um, interesting. That's a, also a great point. Cause I think, um, when I think sometimes the word first generation farmers are very associated with zero agriculture background, but they have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. So you guys also have cattle and what does yeah. that entail for you guys? Okay. So it started out as this, me having two little bottle calves in 07 and I finally bribed Jason and his parents to let me have some more and then it just kept kept growing and it actually started as a way for us to feed the aka bad hay um when we bought it back you know we couldn't feed moldy hay to our own own horses but you can feed a little bit of moldy hay to cows you can you know turn that in to mixed feed for cows and that was a way for us to have a secondary income per se uh, was to have cattle. So right now we're still in that growing phase of our beef production. Um, we have, I think Jason counted up roughly 60 head of cows and they all have calves or will have calves on the side of them. And then we've got about 40 yearling wean calves that we've just been growing. Uh, we're culling out the bulls that we don't want and making them steers. And then we're saving the good heifers back as replacements. Okay, so you're pretty much purely kind of a small at this point small commercial herd that's yes. going uh, to it has a dual purpose of and also sustainability right there there we go right sustainability and efficiency as far as um no waste in the in the hay side of things um mm -hmm. but then uh are you guys merch or not merchandise marketing them on your own or is it kind of sending to um oh. Right now, we're just selling it local at our um, local sale barn, but eventually, with time, as it grows, we're hoping to do direct beef marketing. So that means we would want to get our steers up, process them ourselves, and in hopes to sell our meat ourselves. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, but it's all with time. Yeah, yeah. It's a growing process for sure. That's what we, um, growing up in California, we have lots of Angus cattle and Hereford cattle and all that kind of stuff, but then Coming to Texas, I haven't had any cows, and then we got this bottle baby, so I think I've talked my boyfriend into getting a few extra, so our herd will probably be growing soon as well. Kind of a same, similar situation yeah. to you guys. Um, so with the horses, though, 
purely uh, <laughs> you're good you're good uh are the horses purely fun and enjoyment or do they play what role do they play on your guys's operation so they are more fun but i use my two over with the cows a lot that's like my guilty pleasure is being able to ride the horses over and check fence lines like it's my dual purpose like i'll be like oh i'm gonna go check fence lines and i'll be taking a horse just just to do it <laughs> Well, perfect. Um, I know some, some people have different uh, views and um, favorability as far as horses or four-wheelers and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes it's fun just to see what people choose to, to use. Uh, also, though, you play a huge or you're starting to play a huge role on social media. Yes. Um, what just made you decide, hey, I'm going to jump into this as I am now referring to it as this crazy world of social media, because it's so hard to keep up with and figure out all the new changes. What made you think, all right, let's do it. Well, um, my best friend prodded me along. I started out just blogging and writing and she's like, you have too much of an interesting life to just hoard it in words. I'm like, Ugh. and then my father-in-law bought me a camera and said, here, go, just go out. And he was, he kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. Cause this is really out of like, this is definitely out of my comfort zone to just talk and be in front of um, people, even though you guys aren't like right in front of me. Um, but it was a way to show my, my side of things. Um, so often you see uh, farm wives just delivering food or helping move equipment. And I wanted to show my side of it because it is very different. I, you know, I am stay at home mom, but my role is way different, you know, cause I am out here every day. Right. And how I do cook eventually, but it usually is like at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> All right. If as long as there's food on the table, no one can complain, right? That's right. <laughs> what have you found to be kind of the biggest challenge with sharing your story? Um, hitting publish. Uh, sometimes I second guess myself. Is it like helping somebody? Is everybody just laughing at me? Um, I don't always feel... Um, low self-esteem is kind of plays a part in that and that's just that's just me uh nobody can hit publish for me so I have to just kind of suck it up and do it myself um a lot of what I post is just me being me and if you guys showed up at the farm this is what you're gonna see regardless right yeah that's one thing um about you and I think the majority of people I'd say probably in the agriculture community is it is real and um, it's not sugarcoated. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. ...in any way, which I think is good, because I think <laughs> people, um, this is what people are going through that are helping to put food on your table. Yeah. You recently also were um, given a title, and I'm going to read it because yes. I want to make sure I get it right. <laughs> 2021 Missouri Elite Miss Agriculture USA. Yes, yes. All right. So I have this beautiful crown at home that I have yet to wear out in public because I'm afraid that I'm going to drop it off my head. <laughs> 
And uh, it, my reign starts now, but the title officially starts in 2021. So it's just me doing the same thing I'm doing regardless of the crown or not. It's me advocating agriculture and me sharing my story and getting people involved, regardless of if you guys live on the farm or live in the city to know where your food comes from, do your research. Um, it, it was funny that my daughter who's four, she's like, where's the chocolate milk come from? And I'm like, cows brown cows no not brown cows here you want in too hey there <laughs> can you say hi hi how are you can you say hi that you're good good okay go take your your chickens okay go down go check go check your chickens <laughs> she just finally migrated down <laughs> i hear you man Nothing better though than getting to wake up and go get check on your chickens and maybe have some fresh eggs in there, right? Yeah, so we the kids have their own chicken project with grandma and grandpa, and I think there's about 400 hens running around. So, Keaton, our son, who just is going to be 10 this fall, him and grandma went to farmer's market with eggs this morning. So, well, there you go. That's a cool little entrepreneurial, yeah, as well. Awesome. What, um, if you could maybe share something with somebody not necessarily in the agriculture industry or community, what is like a big take-home message you would want to share with them? Oh my goodness. Um, never let your, uh, never let your light dull out. Don't let somebody dull your light. And I do this myself. I dull my own self out sometimes and I lose that fire. Um, but don't take to heart what everybody says. They're, they're only out there to get themselves one step higher. You, you find this little group of niche and it's probably five, 10 people that support you all the way. And then all these other people are out there. They're just looking for one step better for themselves. Find your niche, find what you're good at and never let your light shine out. Excellent advice. That's uh, words to live, words to live by right there from Kayla. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing that I think you do an excellent job of is, like you said, pretty much just showing daily life, um, on the farm and the things that go into that in, how has that kind of maybe not changed your daily life? Because I think you're literally just showing what you're doing in the day, but is there a new kind of appreciation or, um, has it altered the way you do things at all now that you are, um, kind of sharing your, your story on a grand scope of things? Yeah, it definitely takes to heart, like, all the little things. Like, sometimes I get caught up in videoing, and, I, and one of the kids will do something in the background, and I get, when I go back and edit, I'm like, oh, I miss that. Yeah. So sometimes I just set the camera down, and I video just what they're doing, and I'm right there inside of it. So I can, like, those aren't pieces that I always share with everybody else. Those are, those are take-home files for myself, right. uh, because the whole, one of the reasons I'm home is to be home with the kids and be able to do things more with them regardless if they're in the tractor or not. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was one of those big, I'm not home because when I was working in finance, I was gone 60, 65 hours a week on top of everything else. Like I was still getting up at four to try to work courses and help Jason after, after work. And it was just, I had a really good job, but it was slowly killing me because it wasn't making me happy anymore. Yeah, and, and sometimes as we get older, I think we, that's when people go through those job changes, it's not necessarily because they're having a midlife crisis. I think it's because they finally wake up and realize, Hey, there's something better out there that I can be doing and I'm good at. And that was an aha uh, uh, 
moment for me. Right. So since you're ta- just mentioned the finance side of things, what, how, what was that like going from like a business or not, excuse me, not a business, but like an office job to, you know, working outside. Freedom. Of- Freedom. <laughs> there, there's no more dresses and high heels and making sure I look pretty every day. It's just me being me. Cause I am, I'm definitely not one of those girly girl need to like cake on the makeup and I'm lucky to brush my hair and put a hat on. I hear you. I hear you. That's, that's how I felt this morning. That's what I was like, oh no, we've been mowing for two, 45 minutes. I'm already sweating. I got to run in real quick because <laughs> I got this interview. Um, but with, um, you know, sharing your story on social media, what would you say is like your main audience? Is it agriculture people or kind of general consumer or is there kind of a mix? I think there's a good mix. Like I have a nice between Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, I have a good mix. It's not one or the other. And that's nice because I feel like I'm touching other people, not just in the ag world. Yeah. So to kind of wrap, start to wrap things up here, Kayla, um, if you could share something uh, with somebody just kind of about either yourself or the the industry that your family um, has chosen to work and, and love, um, what, what's something that that might be? Um, goodness. Do what you love, because if you don't love it, it's hard work and we do hard work. If we didn't love the hay business that we do, I don't think I would do it. I mean, there's days we're out here, my day starts at 4 a.m. And there's some days I don't even go to bed because we're still hauling hay in at 2 a.m. You know, it's long, hot hours. It's not like row croppers that, you know, they plant the crop and then they just watch it for several months and then they harvest it for a couple weeks and they're done. And, you know, hay is the nonstop going unless it's raining kind of thing. And regardless if you're in the hay business or the row crop side of it or the dairy side of it or just your gardening, do what you love because it'll never be a job if you love it. Could not agree uh, anymore with that statement. That's for sure. Uh, Kayla, where can people find you on social media or connect with you uh, through your blog? Uh, Chronicles of a Farmer's Wife. If you uh, type in any of that, you will find me just about anywhere. Uh, you can go to my website, same thing, chroniclesofafarmerswife.com. You can hunt it down through Kayla's work or that at YouTube. I'm easily reached. Perfect. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with you, chat with me this morning. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I hope you get some eggs and uh, some, some stuff out of your hen house. Do you find anything good? Just a rock today at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Tell, tell them bye. Say see you later. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Dirt. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Ag Chicks and that the visual version of every episode can be found on YouTube on our Ag Chicks channel. We'll see you all next time.